We see them all over Las Vegas, in every casino, club, beach party, and bar. They are always smiling and often provocatively dressed. They spend entire shifts standing on high heels, navigating crowns to deliver the libations that alleviate the inhibitions of tourists and Las Vegans alike. It's a job that's as rewarding as it is aggravating. The Las Vegas Cocktail Waitress. Once the eye candy that kept gamblers throwing dice through the night, today's cocktail waitress is equal parts businesswoman, customer service rep, and acrobat. And as it turns out, she's also part anthropologist. In May of this year, Sarah Ventry, freelance reporter by day, cocktail waitress by night, published a piece in the Phoenix New Times entitled, Why Your Cocktail Waitress Hates You. In it, she described the types of customers that make an already difficult job sometimes impossible. Ventry joins us from Washington, D.C. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. But before we get started, could you share with us the opening of your article? I am a cocktail waitress. For two years, I've been slinging drinks at a popular Phoenix music venue and bar that shall remain nameless. Armed with only a cork-topped plastic tray, I encounter the best and worst people on earth every night. I see, I've seen people who are otherwise pleasant, upstanding members of our society let alcohol activate the most wicked parts of their personalities. I've seen people turn loving or hateful at the drop of a hat. Like my sisters in the trade, I'm left to deal with the effects of unrestrained, uninhibited alter ego. Sarah Ventry, you were working as a cocktail server when you wrote this article in May. Uh, what gave you the idea to write about the nasty, uncouth patrons that cocktail waitresses deal with? Um, well, as I mentioned in the article, I'd been working for a couple of years, and um, it's really unlike any other job I had ever worked. Um, and I just noticed that there were people were doing all sorts of things in a bar that they would never try to do otherwise in any other social situation, and um, finding it really frustrating and, and annoying and sexist and awful. Um, I had had a lot of conversations with other waitresses and, and family and friends about the job. Um, and when I had the opportunity to write this article, I, I just decided I'm going to carry around a piece of paper with me and write down every time somebody does something that's absolutely objectionable and uh, and compile it into into a larger article. And it just seemed the most appropriate thing to talk about in public. And, and you compiled quite a list of some of the types of patrons uh, you've given names to. Tricky McPlastic, Grabby Paws, and Harry Houdini. We'll unpack more of what those types are in a bit. But were those names that you invented, or are they part of the vernacular among your fellow servers? No, those are names that I invented, um, along with some of my coworkers at the bar. All right. So what kind of feedback did you receive from the, the other, you know, the service community, your peers? Um, most of the feedback from the service community seemed very, very encouraging, very positive. Most people said that these were things that they had long thought about but never articulated in print. Uh, and things that they really are not allowed to discuss. It's not something that you're allowed to sh to wear on your face or to discuss with people in your work environment. So I think it's something that a lot of um, servers had talked about, you know, after the bars close and and when they're not working on on shifts. And I think I think a lot of people found it a relief that it was written in a public forum. But I'm sure not everyone did. I think many people did though. Did, did you get any negative feedback from your coworkers or peers or anybody in the industry? Um, none to my face. There were a few uh, comments that people had written on the article that people claimed that they worked in the industry and they thought I was just being whiny and difficult. And What about customers? Um, what did customers say? 
<laughs> uh, that was a really interesting one. My customers uh, knew it was me that had written the article, and uh, one of my coworkers is the girl that's in the photo next to the article. So they they knew it was someone at, at our bar who had written it, and a lot of them found it really entertaining. At least that's what they told me to my face. A lot of customers that commented on the article that I didn't meet in person, uh, many seemed to be very frustrated by it. Some some thought it was amusing, and some thought that it was helpful and informative, and, and there were quite a few others who uh, who just found it really offensive, I think. And we will have a link to the article, by the way, uh, on our website, knprtalk.org, so people can go through this list, which we will go through here in a moment. How did you get into this line of work? Uh, when I first turned 21, I decided that I wanted to work in the music, in a live music venue. And I got hired at this bar the week after I turned 21 actually as a door person. Um, and as rough as cocktail waitressing is, I still maintain that working at, at the door of a bar is actually the lowest job that you could work in the bar industry. Um, you often have to deal with lots of difficult people and kicking people out and carting and turning them away and cleaning up really disgusting things and taking out trash. And um, I actually at the time saw it as a huge step up to be a cocktail waitress. And I knew I would make more money doing it and I knew I'd get to talk to people more, which I actually love to do. And uh, so I, I talked to the people at my bar and eventually I got, quote, quote, promoted into the position. Are you a server in Las Vegas, or are you a drinker who has been mean to a waitress or cocktail waitress or pinched a cocktail server? Call now, 258-3552, 258-3552. Post your comments on our site, knprtalk.org. Maybe you have a story to share of some of your worst customers. Again, 258-3552. Sarah, is the money good? I mean, you just said you're a step above the doorman. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's not always saying much, is it? Um, The money can be very good. I think it depends so much on there are so many variables. It depends on you as a server. It depends on the bar you work at. It depends on the kind of clientele you have. For me, um, the bar I worked at was, as I said, a live music venue. We had live bands seven nights a week. A lot of it depended on the band that was playing, which dictated the crowd that was there, uh, the types of drinks that people are ordering, I think there is potential for it to be making a lot of money. And and I think really, if you divide it out per hour, even if your annual income isn't that much more than a lot of other people, uh, particularly blue collar people, if you divide it out by hour, you often wind up doing quite well and quite a bit more than than I think a, a lot of other people make. We're talking with Sarah Ventry, former cocktail waitress and author of the essay, Why Your Cocktail Waitress Hates You. Sarah Waitress in Phoenix, Arizona, and we have with us in studio two cocktail waitresses from here in Las Vegas. Jackie Broad is a server and bartender at the Hard Rock. She cocktailed at the Palms. Brittany, J- Brittany Jarsma, right? I'm saying that right. Uh, food cocktail server at the Hard Rock in Pink Taco, and you are a party pit car dealer as well. Yes. Uh, you know, when you hear about um, you know some of the things that Sarah was mentioning, we're going to get into the different types of customers, but just real quickly, each one of you, wh- one story maybe recently that jumps out at you the way you're treated jackie um i worked at the pool at hard rock and the one thing that really stuck with me was i had a group of 10 guys that had a day bed that it was a five thousand dollar minimum and there was one credit card between 10 guys and it declined that stuck with me because that was how do you have 10 guys and one credit card and i think that goes to tricky mcplastic we'll get that to that in a minute (laughs) why did you get into this line of work 
Um, I moved out to Vegas in 2002. I graduated from college from CSUN with a finance degree. Couldn't get a job because of September 11th. And then I just decided to move out to Vegas. And I got a cocktailing job at a local bar. It was the first cocktailing job I had. And right after that, it was like cocktailing job after cocktailing job. I went from the local bar to a pool, the Flamingo Pool. I just loved it. I had so much fun. Pools are my favorite. So, I mean, is this a career? I mean, is it something you want to do, or are you, are you looking to well, move on? Well, now, eight years later, <laughs> now that I age. And she my, laughs when she says that. <laughs> right. Um, I'm actually, I'm part-time bartender, and I'm also working with a casino host. So I'm trying to get out of the service end. All right, Brittany, how about you? Brittany, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, maybe one of your recent stories. It's really funny you say that because we talked in the car and I was like, last night, last night is a prime example. I had a friend and he hit three, four of a kinds and hit a royal for over a grand. And for me, I would have tipped out 20% of each one of my four of a kinds plus my royal. And he <laughs> Bad go- tippers. And mm-hmm. he goes, I'm going to maybe tip $5,200. And I about fell over. I was like, no, 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 no. You just hit this. They took care of all of our cocktails. They took care of all of our food. They took care of everything. And you want to tip 50 to $100? I felt fell over. I was like, you can't do this. You know, she didn't work anything for this money. But in the same point, it's just what you do. Like, you tip to 20% of your winnings. All right, I want to hear from servers in Las Vegas, or maybe if you're a customer, maybe you you think that uh, it's unfair, or you have questions for these servers, but share your stories, 258-3552, 258-3552, or post your comments at knprtalk.org. Let's go to Don in Las Vegas. Don, welcome to the program. Thanks. So I have been a cocktail waitress in Las Vegas for a little while, and what I find is that especially people in Las Vegas who are on vacation, they think they can come here and just do anything. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I've been grabbed or touched or, I mean, and I've got my hands full of drinks and all I can do is glare at them and say, that's really not appropriate. And, and this is a normal thing for you? Um, and it's it, a it tourist, you said. on a regular enough basis or, or of course, when I... I'm serving people all night long, and they say they'll take care of me at the end of the night, which means they never will. Yes. Uh-oh. And I think that's also on the list, too, by the way. Sarah, we'll get to that. I, I take it that's just a normal thing. We'll take care of you at the end of the night. That's a bad thing. Don't ever say that. By the way, uh, Don, is it tourists, or how about locals? How do they treat you? Um, locals actually tip very well in Las Vegas. Locals kind of understand because most people here are somehow in the um, in the service industry, being in casinos or or hotels or something, so they really do take care of us cocktail waitresses like better than most tourists, actually, Don, on a regular you, basis anyway. Don, I want you to hold on. you got a fascinating story. I want you to hold on. Uh, we're talking about the life of a cocktail waitress and some of the things that they have to deal with from tourists and their customers, as we just heard, uh, some of the things like, again, being touched or not being tipped well. If you're a server in Las Vegas, share your story with us. Maybe some of the gripes, the things you want customers they should know they should not do, 258 358 All right, Sarah, Sarah Ventry, uh, again, uh, you wrote the article, Why Your Cocktail Waitress Hates You. 
what's it like working when you're surrounded by thousands of people and they're partying and they're having the time of their lives? Do you ever just want to drop the train and join them? <laughs> Occasionally I do. I think, <laughs> I think uh, you know, if you, if you like the bar that you're working at, if you support that business, if you feel strongly about the people that own it and work there and the kind of, of you know, entertainment and sort of party environment that you provide, then I think it can be great. And uh, the place I worked um, was called The Rhythm Room in Phoenix and uh, very casual and easy to interact with people. So there were times that like customers had asked me to dance and, and sure, you can drop the tray and have a quick dance and um, and interact and be fun and have a good time with people. I think the trick is is trying to to n- not feel like you're working every Friday and Saturday night because it's it's a huge drain. Yeah, uh, Brit- Brittany Jarsma, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you is uh, why you got into the field and is it something you want to do for a long time? Um, well, I started, I came to the Hard Rock when I was 17. I said, I want to I wanna be a hostess and I want to make good money. I want to make hotel money and it kind of just progressed from there. I was a hostess and I was a food runner and I cocktailed and, you know, I've dabbled in almost everything you can dabble in in the service industry. And that's what the Hard Rock gave to me at that point in time was option. They gave me the option to everything. And really the pool was probably the biggest, best, worst, yes, <laughs> every kind of experience I could ever have with dealing with a Las Vegas patron, a tourist patron, a... I'm going to spend all the money I worked for all yes, year, patron. All year. <laughs> I s- Jackie Broden. Yes. At the end of the night, the crowd leaves, lights come up. What's that like? Party's over. It's like a sigh. You're like, oh, it's over. You made it through another day. Um, and then everybody's like, let's go get a drink <laughs> and relax <laughs> afterwards. It's, it's our turn to drink is basically what it is. Who does the cleanup, by the way? Uh, EVS. Not us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless I'm bartending, I clean up most of my, you know, my bottles and clean up my bar. But I, usually we have a bar back or or EVS comes and cleans. Uh, Brittany, do you have to put on a, a game face before work? Um, definitely. Um, you how, know, how do you psych yourself up knowing I, what you may deal with? I love my line of work. I loved all my kind of work. I love dealing blackjack. I love serving cocktails. Like... I have a good time. I'm a good person. I love talking to people. Like, so there's nothing fake or phony about your smile. It's, it's almost. It's <laughs> it's it's um it's. I guess it's both. Like it's fake and phony, but it, you know what? It's real. I love having that conversation with someone. I love talking to that tourist. I love knowing that they came back to Vegas for their 20 year reunion. That is interesting. I take an interest in a person, and they take an interest in me back. And at the end of the day. My job might be a little difficult, and it might be more difficult than others. Okay, make... take me through before you start a shift. You know, when do you when do you have to get yourself ready and put on that mask? Um, it it's it's my alarm going off. It is that buzzing of it's morning. It's morning. It's morning. Get up. Get up. Go to bed. You know, put your face on. It's it's that you know. I put a movie on in my room and I put my face on and I'm like, let's go. You know, because every day it's the same makeup, the same hair. It's getting ready. Other people go to work and they roll out of bed and they look, whatever, it's fine. I put my full face, my full hair on, my full everything on, and I look great to the world. But I pride myself in that. 
Jackie Broad, how about you? Is it how much of it's fake? How mo- how much of it's you? I have a hard time being fake. Uh, people can really read my facial expressions. So, so when you're angry, oh, they know. <laughs> okay. So the, I always get, oh, you're a breath of fresh air, because a lot of people, a lot of guests say, like, you know, they feel that their experiences can be fake sometimes. Like they have the plastic cocktail waitress, like from head to toe. I'm only partially plastic, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, you can you can really read me. That's that's me. Sarah Ventry, uh, obviously it was your essay, Why Your Cocktail Waitress Hates You. Uh, how much of it's fake? How much of it's real? How much of that smile that you're putting on is just to be nice to people? Um, well, I'm also very easy to read and have a really hard time hiding things. Um, I think actually after this article came out, I started immediately feeling like anytime someone was a little bit hostile to me, I was convinced that they had seen the article. Um, And so (laughs) I think after that, I learned to kind of roll with the punches a little more and smile when I wouldn't always smile. But um, I'm an extremely transparent person and people can often tell. And to be quite honest, if someone does something that is not an acceptable thing, I I tell them to their face. And um, it doesn't always end well. But I would rather tell them to their face because to me, um, no so matter what would the give job up, is. You would give up a chance or maybe a good tip just to be honest with somebody and say you're being a jerk. Um, depending on how bad of a jerk they were being, yes. When I've been grabbed and groped um, and then someone tries to pay me for it afterwards, then I have forfeited the tip in order to tell them that what they did was wrong and to give them a piece of my mind. But I, I it's a matter of principle to me. And, um, you know, you don't cut off your nose to spite your face. You don't be rude to people just because they rubbed you the wrong way. But if someone does something that's, um, you know, really unacceptable, then, yeah, I, I tell them. We're talking with Sarah Ventry, uh, Brittany Jarsma, and Jackie Broad. Uh, all of them have or still are cocktail servers, and uh, they're sharing their best stories about their worst customers. Do you work in the industry? You want to share your best story about your worst customer, your biggest complaint, or maybe you're a customer and you have a complaint about them if you've got the guts to go ahead and ask on the air. 258-3552. That's 258 35 or go to knprtalk.org. We're going to get to the list here, Sarah Ventry's essay, Why Your Cocktail Waitress Hates You. She actually has a list of some of the worst types of customers. She's actually categorized them. We're going to go through that list, but let's take some of those calls. I want to go to Kim in Las Vegas. Kim, welcome to State of Nevada. Thank you. Kim, go hey, ahead. My, my concern is that when I'm out with my husband... And it's not just here in Las Vegas. It's kind of a trend I've seen wherever we've gone, even Southern California, Utah, is that the server pays more attention to my husband than they do to me. Now, it might seem kind of catty, but, you know, I think a lot of women hold the purse strings in the family. And if if whoever that person is pays more attention to my husband than me, I am less likely to give a really nice tip. I mean, I am a really good tipper if I get superb service. And part of that service is, paying attention to me as well and making eye, can- eye contact with me and talking to me as well. And even if my husband is paying that night and someone is, is paying attention to me as well and involving me in conversation, I will ask him how much he tipped. And if I don't think it's enough, I will encourage him or I'll throw extra money down for a tip. Because, and it's all for me, it's all about service. And, and, you know, don't just focus on my husband. Ask me a few questions. We're kind of a team. 
effort and um that that's just my my experience All what, right, so, what do you think sarah ventry uh this is one of the people on your list miss mute i believe Actually, I think this is the opposite of Miss Mute, it sounds like. Miss Mute is the person um, who comes in with uh, a man, typically her husband or significant other, and refuses to answer the waitress when she when the waitress asks her what it is that she wants to drink. So this actually sounds like the opposite situation. Um, I know that I am very careful because I'm, I'm aware of this situation also. Um, I try to be extra careful to 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 not do this and to pay just as much, if not more, attention to um, to women customers than men. To be honest, um, but I understand. I I know I know what you're saying, and I, I think uh, you got to be careful of that because I think the the reverse problem is that sometimes I think female customers assume that the waitress is going to do that. So. It's like, I don't know if it's like a preemptive thing, but then women customers sometimes won't order from me. They'll look at their husband and tell the husband what they want, and then the husband will relay the message to me, uh, even though I'm standing right there. Jackie Broad, how do you handle that situation? I usually just talk to both, the male and the female, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, I've never just went straight for the guy. I Usually I approach the female first because, you know, Working in Las Vegas, the, the couples come up and they see the outfit you're wearing and immediately you kind of get that look from, you know, the girlfriend or the wife. Like, oh, great. You know, she, everything is exposed. So usually I try to make more of an effort to talk to the to the significant other and then, you know, go to him. And that's usually how we're actually trained in Las Vegas. You start with, you know, you go with the host, but you start with the female first and then you, you then the host. And that's how it works. So. All right, Sarah, let's come back. Let's go through this list. Uh, uh, I'll throw some of these out at you. The well waller? What's that? Yes. The well waller is the person who stands in the waitress's well, which is where she goes to order the drinks from the bar and, and get her tray in order. Uh, so at the bar I worked at, we had a sign in the front of the bar that said, please do not stand in the waitress as well. And yet people would always decide that it was the best place to have a conversation or to flirt with someone or whatever they felt like they needed to do. They came into the well and I liken it to a waitress coming into somebody's office cubicle, sitting at their desk, (laughs) making a phone and then being annoyed when when you ask her to leave because it's the place that we do all of our business and it's the only spot in the bar where the waitress has that's like her spot where she can get her tray and change out glasses and wipe things down and it's like our only spot so well wallers like to stand in that one spot Brittany jarsma how do you tactfully remove a person from your spot from that area sweetheart this is where i'm getting my drinks can you please get out of my way but you you start something out with a sweetheart hey love your bar is right there. You've got a big square of it. This little area is mine. Please get out of my and way. And how do they respond? Most people are like, I'm so sorry. Like, we don't have a sign like Sarah does. Like, there's no there's no sign. Like, we've got ropes, but most people are pretty oblivious. Most people are pretty – most people just don't <laughs> know. So it's kind of just like, Sudart, you just, just, just go right over there. Just go ahead and move two feet. Two feet. There you go. All right, so that's the well waller. Uh, Sarah Ventry, the relay team. Who's who's the relay relay team? team. These are the people. (laughs) See, they're already laughing. You guys know. Um, You go to their table and you go, hi, can I get you anything to drink? And then, you know, they'll go, oh, yeah, I'll have a vodka tonic. So you go, okay, and you go get the vodka tonic and bring it back. And then they're like, the other person goes, 
oh, I'll have another one too. So you go, okay. And then you go get there a drink and bring it back. And then they go, oh, can we get some water? When you get a chance, just whenever, you know, whenever you have time. And at this point, you've made three trips to the same table, probably in like 10 or 15 minutes. So the relay team are the people that keep sending you back and forth to the well to get one drink at a time, one glass of water at a time. And, uh, like it's one of those things that you should know that your glass is almost empty and the waitress knows your glass is almost empty so they're kind of acknowledging it by asking you if you they can get you anything and then you say oh no not now I'm fine for now and what they mean by that is that they're fine for the next five minutes right which is how long it will take you to bring the drink back all right Jackie Broad you're laughing Um, well, since I've been doing it for about eight years, I've gotten to the point where I'll stand there and I'll wait and I'll ask them. I'm like, I'm not going to leave until you give me your drink order. Because I know the second I walk away, you're going to be like, oh, I really want a rum and coke. And then I'll come back with, like Sarah said, a vodka tonic. And then that other person is like, oh, I really want that rum and coke. But I wait. I give, I give them, I'm like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little extra time. Maybe you need help with picking a drink. So let's go over the drink menu. So that's kind of how I try to deal with it now. Sarah Ventry, from your essay, Why Your Cocktail Waitress Hates You, uh, we're going through this list of the different types of customers as you've categorized them. The next one on the list, the flagger. What is the flagger? The flagger. So typically you have to, when you go into a bar, you have to trust that your waitress is going to kind of keep an eye on you, unless they're a really bad waitress. Waitresses know that you're in, particularly if you have a table. If you're sitting at a table, you're staying put, they know that you're there. So the flagger is someone that, despite the fact that you're already approaching them with an empty tray ready to take their order, um, they start flailing their arms around, and you kind of give them eye contact because your hands are full and you can't do anything else, and they start waving their arms around, and you kind of nod at them like, okay, I'll be there in a minute. You're smiling and nodding, and they still feel like they have to continue waving or calling to you or motioning at you until you get to their table. Okay, so you know what? I'm, I'm the customer. So go ahead, tell me right now. Give me the tip. What's the best way to do that? If I need to get you, I, I just I've been sitting for a while. Nobody's come so to my I would, table. I would first. I would just try to make eye contact. If you if you can make eye contact and then you just kind of raise your glass just a little bit, usually they'll know. And I worked in a much smaller bar than than these girls did, so um, I often was able to remember what most of my customers were drinking. And j- them just raising the glass a little bit was enough for me to remember that. Oh yeah, she was drinking a you know rum and diet, and and be able to get it and and bring it back. Um, if that doesn't work, then like a little wave. A little, just putting your arm up a little bit. A little but there's wave. no reason. Yeah, little, little waves are good. There's no reason to to motion, um, in in a huge way where you, quite frankly, could hit the other waitress. All right, Brittany, uh, Brittany Jarzma, you were flagging your arm just a second ago. <laughs> What's the most offensive flagging you've ever gotten? Um, hey girl, hey, hey, hey girl, can 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 you can you get me a drink? Or my customer the other day. Um, I, when I was dealing was like, hey, cocktail waitress. I was like, you do not say that to her. By the way, I've been calling you guys cocktail waitresses. Am I wrong? No. Okay. No, not at all. But he was no. like, hey, cocktail waitress. I was like, <laughs> I was like, love, if you really think that by calling her, hey, cocktail waitress is really going to get you a drink. I was like, it's not. She's going to ignore you. I made my notes. Just a light <laughs> flagging you down. That's all I'll do. Uh, all right, Sarah Ventry, uh, the stalker. This one seems oh. like obvious. I know, might know what this is. There what? was, 
Well, this came from a personal place, this one. Um, So particularly if you're a regular at a bar, you kind of come to know staff that you like. And um, we, the the girl in the picture um, in the article I wrote, uh, was a very well-liked waitress at the bar I worked at. She's also very tall. She's who I reference when I say the tall girl. Um, And so (laughs) what would happen was, particularly if I started the night and she wasn't coming on, the floor till a little bit later I'd start waiting on people that I knew were regular customers of her and uh and I would go hi how are you can I get you something to drink and without blinking an eye they'd say is the tall girl coming in tonight and it's like the most offensive thing in the world when someone thinks that you're not capable of bringing them a drink like I just I I always look at them and I just say you know I promise I'm qualified to get your beer. And I promise I'll bring it back. But the tall girl is not here yet. So I always just find it a little bit offensive when you're trying to be nice and friendly and wait on someone and without even answering your question or acknowledging you in any way, they ask for somebody else. Jackie Broad, is that ever anything to worry about? Um, yes. As far as people stalking. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's... <laughs> well, it's kind of scary in Las Vegas, too, because um, I had a I had I worked at a restaurant a long time ago and I had a I guess that I guess followed me to different venues and I didn't know that until he made a comment he's like he's like so you're not working at that restaurant anymore and 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 he's like you're working here and I'm like how like have you been following me like literally like he knew when I was working and when I wasn't working and that yeah it can be scary there's been some scary They actually know your schedules. Yes. The Hard Rock used to have cameras and customers used to call like legit, I'm watching you. But they were because the Hard Rock used to have cameras. Like these have live cameras in out Pink Taco yeah. out of the pool. Like they yeah, could call webcams. Pe- yeah, these have the live webcams. Used to though. You used, used to, to until the I'm watching you legit like came up and then they stopped yeah. that. <laughs> All right, Sarah Ventry going down the list. The next one is Harry Houdini. Mm-hmm. Orders a drink then disappears. That's yeah. Crazy. And I think in in the Vegas situation, that's got to be so common. It happened to me bad enough at my smaller bar. I can't even imagine like being in such in a casino, too, where people are hopping around and not paying attention. Or the pool. Um, they like or the hide pool? in trees yeah. or something. I don't know how you guys did it at the well, pool. Well, you yeah. know, what? here's a for Brittany uh, Jarzma and for Jackie Broad. I mean, you have a customer that just they, they get their drink, they disappear. Uh, what happens then? I mean, you know. Who loses out? You lose out on that cost, don't you? Well, I think uh, the Hard Rock got smart. <laughs> so <laughs> they require us to now take, you know, ID and credit card and we hold it. So you can leave, but I have all your information and I still get paid at the end of the day. Before, it was chasing them down a hallway or running after them or calling security. It was more of a challenge. Like you had to do agility <laughs> obstacle course. <laughs> when I Brittany. worked out at the pool as a food runner and by far the hardest job I've ever had in my lifetime, carrying a 50-pound tray through 5,000 people, you know, grabbing at me in a bikini, going, okay, I need to find, okay, black bikini, third row, fifth chair, but this black bikini has polka dots. I mean, literally, yeah. you have to find in 5,000 people yeah. this girl in this fifth row and, you know, this third chair and this and is And then that. they moved and, and they're then in they the moved. middle of the pool. And, and they're fist bumping <laughs> in the pool, like, getting right. it on. And I'm like, I've got your salad. <laughs> like, if you order, don't leave. <laughs> All right, Sarah Ventry, uh, next on the list, surprise party. The surprise mm-hmm. party. 
What is that? Surprise party. So a lot of times people um, go out to drink. Maybe they don't go out that often and they don't really know what they want. Um, and they're kind of in a good mood. So they just look at the waitress and you go, what can I get you to drink? And they go, oh, surprise me. Oh, yeah. So surprise me is always a trick because either they'll accuse you of bringing something that was really expensive on purpose, which doesn't even make sense because the waitress doesn't get the money that you pay for the drink. The waitress gets whatever you tip. But they'll accuse you of bringing something that's too expensive or they'll tell you that they don't like it or that they uh, are unhappy with it in some way. I've had so many people say surprise me so I go okay and I bring them a drink that I like and then they go oh this is really sweet I don't like this. And so my thought is, like, if you don't actually want to be surprised, then don't order a surprise. At least give the waitress some guidance. Tell her, like, bring me something with vodka that's not very (laughs) sweet. But don't say surprise me because that could bring you anything. And nine out of ten times people are unhappy with the thing they got. Brittany Jarsma, what do you tell a customer? Surprise me. Um, I'm like... I I have no idea what your surprise is. My so you're not going to surprise them. You're going to wait until they give you an order. Oh yes, no, I will. I'm like I I don't know what you want when they order a beer and they go surprise me. I'm like I've got twenty. You could like light beers and I like dark beers and so I'm bring you dark beer and you don't like it. Like I'm like no 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna wear you down. Like she said, if you're a vodka drinker, I will pick out a nice vodka. And and what what about the what we heard Sarah talk about when you bring an expensive drink and they get a little angry? It's a little expensive. Why'd you pick that one? It's Vegas. <laughs> Jackie Brody, is that what you do? Yes. Jackie Brody, you just say, what's well, Vegas? Yeah, it's Vegas. Everything is quadruple the price. Definitely. All right. Agreed. S- Sarah Ventry, going down your list, uh, looking at some other ones. Grabby, pause. I think we touched on this one a little bit. No pun intended. Grabby, pause. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is just, this to me is the most despicable, inexcusable, um, oh, the grabby, I'm sorry, I'm confusing grabby paws and good old boy, but people are grabbing things. So the, the tree is balanced, with, people are grabbing all kinds of things. Um, <laughs> I think the tray is balanced in a very delicate way, and it's really difficult to carry a tray of drinks in one hand, typically over your head, in order to maneuver through people. You have to carry it over your head. Um, And then sometimes you've got things in your other hand as well. So the worst thing that somebody could do is, well, one of the worst things that somebody could do is take a drink off of your Mm -hmm. tray um, without warning or provocation or saying anything. And what sucks is that a lot of times they think they're helping you out because they see that the tray is really full. But in actuality, what happens is the tray becomes unbalanced very quickly. Um, And a lot of, I mean, I've had trays go down that way and it is never pretty. Jackie Broad, grabby paws. How often do you experience that? A lot. (laughs) What's a lot? I mean, uh, in a a typical night. Cocktailing on the casino floor at Hard Rock, it basically is being on swing shift every night. Like somebody's trying to grab a beer off your tray, and we don't like we have pla- we have plastic out at the pool when I work during the summer, but during the winter when, when you're inside, it's all glassware. So you're walking on wood floor, and somebody you're carrying that tray with like 15 drinks, and somebody pulls that beer off, and down goes your entire tray, glassware and booze everywhere. It's not fun. And then everybody stares at you yeah, like, you like you're the tray. idiot. <laughs> Why'd you and, drop and your tray? There's no explaining it to a room full of people that I didn't actually drop yeah. it, even though I'm the one holding the tray. You're yeah. like pointing, it's that guy over there, I swear. <laughs> Sarah, you mentioned the good old boy. What is that? Oh, God, this is the worst. So this is, <laughs> this is, I mean, when people feel like they're going out, they want to have a good time, they want to get rowdy. 
and they just feel like they can literally do whatever it is they want to you. I mean, I think all three of us, I'm sure Jackie yeah. and Brittany have been particularly in having to wear the kinds of uniforms that you have to wear often get groped and grabbed and prodded at and I think like you know the worst is is really getting grabbed for me and um but I've even had like I said I'm carrying the waitress or the tray over my head uh full of drinks and someone tried to tickle my armpit and I just thought like is this not the stupidest thing that you could do like not only is it rude and inappropriate and sexist and wrong but then the, the tray, again, is going to come down, and you're going to get angry at me, and then other people are going to have to wait for their drinks, and I'm going to be soaked with beer. So it's it's just, I think, you should not have to tell someone that it's inappropriate to grab someone's butt um, or breasts or whatever. You should not have to tell anybody that, but apparently it needs to be said because it still happens quite a lot. Jackie Brode, uh, tourists come to Vegas. They come here to do what they're not allowed to do at home. You know, they get drunk in the pu- in public, dress poorly, dance on tables, have sex. It's what yeah. it is Vegas. Uh, you guys get to see a lot of the debauchery. Um, <laughs> does it bother you to see people coming into your community and acting in that way that they never would at home? I yeah, but in the sense that you kind of expect it working out here. It's there's like some unwritten rule, you know. They can do this. They can do whatever they want, except for drugs in my cabana. After having to sit through a two-hour lecture of you know why if your guest gets caught doing this, you can <laughs> lose your job. I'm not going to be really happy about you sitting there. First of all, I don't do it anyways, but I know people are going to do it. So don't do it out in the public. Figure something else to do. I had an experience with a cabana, and I was looking for the menu for them. Somebody's like, where's the menu? Where's the menu? And I pull it out, and out goes drugs everywhere, all over the cabana. So first thing I have to do is get security and throw all these people out. It's because I don't want to lose my job over some people being stupid doing drugs out in public. We are talking to a panel of Cocktail waitresses, as I've been told, they we can call them that. Uh, <laughs> servers here in Las Vegas, and also Sarah Ventry, who wrote the essay "Why Your Cocktail Waitress Hates You," and we're talking about some of their stories of their worst customers. Uh, Lori in Las Vegas posted on KNPRTalk.org. It really annoys me when I get what I call the look when the waiter or waitress approaches the table and sizes me and my husband up and decides, in error, we're not worth their time. I think because we don't look wealthy, trendy, or whatever. Then they seem bothered to have to deal with us at their table. Irritating. That's from Lori. All right. Is there any truth to that? Do you ever measure up somebody and say, that, that person's got some money? Maybe I'll I be wanna... honest. Oh, I'll Sarah, be honest. Sarah, For go me... ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. No, go. For me, it's been my, it's been my experience, um, and I try not to make these generalizations, but it's been my experience that actually working class people tend to be the best tippers yes. of all. And, okay, I'm glad to hear you say that. I, the nights that I made record amounts of money, it was almost an entirely working class crowd of people that was ordering PBRs. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, like, honestly, I don't, I I would not, because someone looked wealthy, it wouldn't put me off from them. But for me, I will tell you that if I can tell if someone is a working class person, particularly Mm -hmm. if they tell me that they've been a server or their sister's a server or Mm -hmm. whatever, those are the people that are going to be most sympathetic in the best tippers, like <laughs> nine out of ten times. Brittany and I are thinking the same thing right now. Um, we have really bad experiences with uh, guests who are wealthy who bring their Black American Express. They, once you see the Black American Express, you want to run the other way. Why? That's okay, supposed to be the most. Yeah, you'd think. That's supposed to be the I, most 
prestigious card to I have. get excited. I well, Okay, I used to. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, yes. it's the Black, Black MX. <laughs> it is this. I'm like, this card has no and limit. So they're bad. Right. Tic- are you saying oh, they're bad? Oh, gosh. Tic- oh, yeah. they're awful. They're the worst. They don't even tip 15%. So the hard working class folks yes. are the best tippers. Yes. Do wealthy yes. people tend to not be good tippers? No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Black Amex people are awful <laughs> tippers. People who have money are good tippers. That, that's not what I'm saying. People but who own a Black, black Amex, Amex, it's like. Equals no yeah. tip. Yeah. All right. And, and again, just to say, and nobody knows that Black American Express card is supposed to be the highest level of American Express that you can get, any card that you can get. Unlimited. Uh, unlimited. Okay. Um, interesting point to note. Uh, Jackie Broden and Brittany Jarsma, have any of you watched True TV's rehab party at the Hard Rock? Unfortunately, ever... I was on that. You were on the <laughs> Not show? Not this summer, but last summer. How so? What, what, what do you mean? Um, I worked at the pool last summer. And but w- were you part of the show? You just were. You um, were seen was, in the show. Was, I was seen in the show. There's clips of us at pre-shift. Um, you know, walking in out of cabanas. Most of my uh, guests didn't want to be on the show. How do you feel about the way they portrayed cocktail waitresses on that program? Uh, not so great. That's not why. I mean, they make us look really bad. Like we're really money hungry and nothing's good enough, and we're just. That's all. It's it's really it's one of the hardest cocktailing jobs out here, and even management has said that too. It's so it's not just us saying, oh, it's such a hard job. It really is. It's one of the hardest jobs. You're gonna work twelve to fourteen hours on a Sunday. Plus, some of us are working four to five days a week out at that pool, and it's long and it's hot, and you're dealing all day long with. I mean, the guests aren't too bad, but sometimes they can be bad. <laughs> all right, Brittany Anderson, quickly. Uh, I wanted to ask, what is the one tip that you would give to customers out there? The one thing you want them to start doing or stop doing? Um, and every- I apologize, Brittany Jarsman, sorry. That's okay. Um, honestly, everyone should work in the industry for a month. Just one month working it. Yeah. Be a hostess. Be a be, food server. Be a food server. Food be runner, this. Anything. Our our job is okay, I've I've read I've read her article and I've read all the comments. I you know, had a day off yesterday and I was sitting, I was relaxing, I was doing what I do and I was reading all the comments and it was either far to the left or far to the right and it was very angry and I'm like, everyone should work in this industry for a month. You know, have some sympathy, like, you know, empathize with what we're going through. But but our job again is not that hard. Sarah Ventry, I'm going to finish up with you. Uh, again, so you, you're working part-time. You're also uh, an intern for uh, NPR. But something you're going to keep doing the rest of your life, or is this it? Um, you know, it's hard to say. I don't think it would be awful either way, to be honest. Um, you know, it's been good for me right now. It was something I did during college to help get myself through college. Um, I think I think either way it's fine. I don't. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm not sure right now. We'll find out, and we'll also see another essay probably in the future. Sarah Ventry, (laughs) former cocktail waitress and author of the essay, Why Your Cocktail Waitress Hates You. Jackie Broad, server at the Hard Rock, and Brittany Jarsma, also a server at the Hard Rock. Thank you so much, ladies, for coming in today. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Our producers are Lee Hernandez and Irene Noguchi. Ian Milchrist is our senior producer. Rich Copeland, our technical director. And Adam Burke is our news director. I'm Luis Hernandez. For more on this and other editions of KNPR State of Nevada, visit our website, knpr.org.